Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Well, guess what? I'm AMD, the queen of sexy, in case y'all forgot. And I am just so jazzed about this next interview that you're about to listen to. Um, I had an opportunity to chat with April Hayes, who uh, I've been watching on Instagram for a minute now and who has inspired me in a few different ways. And um, yeah, it, it was really lovely. It was our first time meeting. And, um, you know, one of the things, if you're, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I like to stalk people's Instagram accounts. And so I learned a few new things about her, um, via Instagram. But then in our conversation, um, she was speaking and she said a kind of a big word that I had never heard before. And I asked her about that word, which led to her kind of coming out. And I won't spoil it for you. Um, and you're not going to expect the way that she came out and I wasn't expecting it either, but, um, it was such a lovely conversation and I am so floored and honored that she felt comfortable enough to sort of come out in this way here on this show. Um, it just warms my heart. You have no idea. Uh, and it just reminded me of how grateful I am for this show, um, because, you know, I just recorded, uh, last week, um, you know, about my trials and tribulations and I, ha- I am looking for things to be very grateful for. And I'm looking for things to bring me joy and love and light. And in this particular recording of this episode, I realized, ah, yes, this podcast brings me so much joy and I'm so grateful for it. And I am so grateful for all of you. You always are writing to me and saying such lovely things. And I just appreciate all of you so much. And I'm also open to constructive criticism. So always feel free to write in those messages as well. Um, but anyways, enough about me. That wasn't the point. The point is, is thank you, April Hayes, for just making my day. And I'm so excited for all of you to learn from this beautiful spirit um, and to just gain some new insight. So without further ado, let's meet April Hayes. So today's guest that we have is April Hayes. Hello, April. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited too, but I just want to make sure that our audience knows this kind of new thing that we're working on before we start launching into all of the ways that you're amazing. So yes, audience, guess what? We are finally accepting listener donations to help keep this show going. Uh, This is because I absolutely hate capitalism and I can't stand listening to commercials on podcasts. So if you love this podcast, please consider donating. I just made a brand new website to make donating very easy. You can go to yesastripperpodcast.com and there's going to be like donate buttons in at least two different places on the homepage. So that's yesastripperpodcast.com. 
Anything helps, and the majority of the money will be going towards paying our guests, who are largely strippers who have been out of work for like the whole last year. So yes, please make sure to make it rain. So that's enough of that. Thank you so much. Again, hey, April, what's up? What's going on in your world? How are you? I'm good. Um, I actually just came back from like a little miniature vacation. Um, I went to a little tiny cabin that's like all isolated. So nice and social distancing. Oh, I uh, love no that. people around. I, um, I went with my boyfriend. So it was really nice. We got to be like in the forest, which is just so calming in this hectic time. <laughs> I know. And thank you so much for bringing that up because I have like so many things to ask you to get to know you about. And like, that's, that was definitely like a really good nugget of information because it totally ties into something that I'm going to ask you. But first, just to be clear with our audience, just want everyone to know what are your pronouns? Uh, I use she, her pronouns. Tight. Um, Yeah. So. Very cool. That's basically. <laughs> um, also, I just have to say that I love how your hair matches your lipstick today. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, pink is my favorite color. Is A lot that- of people don't think so. It's like, oh, I've had my hair different colors. And so every time I change my hair color, I kind of wear that color a lot. So I had green hair, so I wear green a lot. I had orange hair, so I would wear orange a lot. And people would always think those were my favorite colors. Right. I'm just like, no, it's pink. It's pink, yeah. <laughs> so, I love no, that. No, I have pink hair. I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It looks really good on you. I think I've seen your Thank green you. hair before. Yeah, wow. it was... Oh, I almost said last year, but almost two years ago, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny because I've heard from people say, like, my my mom's neighbor said the same thing. She's like, I keep going to say last year, but like that was 2019 because 2020 just feels like this weird black hole. Yeah. It's you like know? a weird blip. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it did. Oh, yeah. that shit happened. <laughs> I think it's a way for our brain to process it. We just... It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, so why um, did you decide to go to the forest just like on a whim, or is that something that you all had planned together for a while? Like, tell us a little bit about that. It was kind of kind of on a whim. Um, I like to travel a lot. Like for me, like little vacations are always like something I grew up with. Like my parents would always like save lots of money, and we would go on a vacation like either every year or like once every two years. And so traveling was something that was like instilled in me. Yeah. And so like, I just like a little change of scenery, even though like sometimes traveling stresses me out, like, but it's so nice to get away so I can be happy to come home. Like that's kind of what I need, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I got my stimulus and I was just like, good. It's been a while since, like, I haven't gone on a little mini vacation since last year. Yeah. Last year, I took a vacation in March. Um, like, I planned it before everything had happened. And mm. so I, like, it was expensive, that trip. But this one, I was lucky. I was able to find, like, a really cheap location that was, yeah. like, really highly rated. So I got really lucky with this one. So it was just kind of, like, on a whim. Me and my boyfriend weren't able to celebrate our anniversary for, like, with a trip this year, like we usually mm-hmm. do. So this was kind of like a little mini version of that. 
Yeah. So when you were planning, well, you had planned your March trip for 2020 and then like, did, did you go on the trip and then the pandemic was a thing or was it like the pandemic is here and so like, let's go? It was, but yeah, the pandemic was here. So basically like my work and everything had like shut down um, and everything had gone into quarantine. Like I think it was like a week before my vacation. Mm. And so I was like, well, like, I mean, I guess it's social. It was like a social distancing vacation too, just like mm -hmm. this. And it was just how I planned it. I'm like, oh, I want to be like isolated, you know, in the forest. <laughs> I just like, I, my vacations, I either like to go to like places with lots of historical monuments, lots of places where I can go to like see the sites, or I like to be in nature or like relaxing so yeah that was one of those relaxing type of vacations away from people and so I got really lucky that it was such a social distancing vacation like that yeah. I planned without even knowing about COVID so yeah yeah um it did suck though because I like it was expensive that trip and so <laughs> it was like you know how when you're a working stripper it's like okay well I'll just make this money in the next shift you exactly. know exactly yes and I didn't have any shifts to make money from that. Right. So it was kind of the start of like the whole, oh shit, like shit's going down, you know? Yeah. And fast too. Um, what, what were your, what were your plans before the pandemic? Like, were you like, I don't know about you, but I had like a ton of plans before the pandemic. Like, were you one of those people where you like had shit lined up? Yeah, I had um, quite a bit, actually. So I was talking to the studios about teaching and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky that one of the studios reached out to me a few months into the, like, in to the summer last year. They reached out to me and were like, hey, we wanted to hire you before our studio got shut down, but we still want to, like, have you as a teacher. So that didn't get completely uh, messed up. But yeah, I was, like, supposed to start teaching sooner in the year. I had like a burlesque competition that I was going to do. Oh, you it was were kind of like put it on. You mean like you were going to host it? Oh no, it was like oh. a performance. So oh, okay, I was gotcha. going to be performing in it, but like it was kind of like my debut, like mm -hmm. performance thing, like my first ever like event that I did mm -hmm. where it was a competition and like I win a prize, you know, because like I had done PSO also last year, but mm -hmm. it was kind of like a throwaway thing like oh I'm just gonna see how this is so like yeah this was something that was actually like important to me because then it's like oh then I can actually have my name out there in like yeah. the Bay Area scene because in the Bay Area it's kind of hard to like make these connections and get into like performing in the Bay Area unless you know people okay. and like for me like um I'm like neurodivergent and so I have a really hard time socializing. And so that's like one thing that has been really difficult for me. It was like, I know the people who put on shows and stuff. I follow them, they follow me, but we don't have any sort of relationship where they could be like, Hey, can you come perform for this? You know? Mm -hmm. And so that was like my first in mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. it got canceled. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what is that word you used? Neurodivergent. Um, neurodivergent. So that basically means that I have a different neurology, oh. um, than other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, it encapsulates like ADHD, dyslexia, oh. autism, 
uh, or ASD, autism spectrum disorder, et cetera, okay. et cetera. So um, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And um, very recently, I've come to terms that I am autistic as well. Um, I have not received a formal diagnosis, but self-diagnosis is highly accepted and valid within the autistic community, okay. especially because for women and adults and women of color specifically, it's really hard to get diagnosed. Okay. Um, I've actually tried to go through all the proper channels to get a diagnosis, but then they're like, we don't diagnose adults. And in some places, well, like many places of diagnosis and testing is like over $2,000, $3,000. And I can't afford that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Wasn't expecting such an amazing answer. Uh, I feel like I just learned so much in like 60 yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a info dumping for you, you know? No, um, I mean, that's why we do these, this podcast and talk to different people. And like, I had no idea and I would have never, and now I have more questions too, if that's okay. Yeah, totally. Like, okay. I've actually been thinking about, you know, um, I guess coming out more publicly about oh. being autistic. And so okay. like, I guess this is like a good opportunity because I feel comfortable, you know, okay. discussing it here. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess how, what made you think to look into potentially autism as um, a thing that is apparent for you? Um, so I feel like this is, this has happened to a lot of people, I guess, but a lot of times it's like TikTok kind Mm, of. Yeah. TikTok kind of does this thing where the algorithm will show you videos that they think that you'll be interested in, they think you'll like. And so for me, I was getting like a lot of uh, videos on ADHD and being neurodivergent. And every once in a while I would get videos from autistic creators and I would be able to relate so much to everything that they would talk about. And the more research I did, I just realized like, it doesn't really make sense that I have ADHD, social anxiety, hypersensitivity, sensory issues, and a long list of like other things that just like, you know, are like issues and traits and things that I deal with. Like, I felt like it was too much of a coincidence to have all of these things and it mm-hmm. where I could just be autistic with ADHD, you mm-hmm. know? Right. It was like a lot of times that will happen. Whereas someone will show all the traits and uh, symptoms of autism spectrum disorder. And a lot of times people will be like, Oh, that's ADHD and all of these other things rather than just diagnosing autism. Cause I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are afraid of it. And on top of that, there are certain things that, happen when you do get an autism diagnosis. I, for one, don't care about this, but you can't join the military if you have autism. Um, okay. I think it's a plus. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I'm like, cool, I can't get drafted? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I lost all my toes, I was like, yes, I'm pretty sure that I can never get drafted now. Yeah. So Yeah, no, totally. So it's like, <laughs> it is, yeah, so it's like, I mean, it is a disability. So it's, there are pros and cons, right? You know, like, uh, yeah. many things like, yeah. um, and I think discussing it as like, as a disability and how it's not a horrible, like disease that can be cured. Like it can't right. be cured. It's a different neurology. Right. Right. That's so fascinating. And I do understand 
the spectrum. Um, and I learned a lot of, about Asperger's a few years ago. And um, I, I just, I really appreciated um, people who are living with that. And, um, but I would never look at you and I'm, I'm apologize in advance if I'm going to sound ignorant, but I would never look at you and think that that would be a thing and for you. And I think that that's really, it's good to talk about it because like you just never know what's going on for people, you know, and yeah. like you're, you um are living a great life and like, and you're, there's nothing wrong with it. And even people who I've encountered with autism on a different side of the spectrum of you are just like some of the most beautiful people, like just inside and out. Some of the most yeah. beautiful people. Yeah. I mean, I've also met, like, people on the spectrum who are pieces of shit. Like, you know, like, it's very much, okay. you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate, you know, like, uh, the whole, like, you know, we're human. Just mm. got to, like, remember that and just treat autistic people like you would want to be treated, you know. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, absolutely seeing the beauty in everything that a person has to offer that's I, I I get what you're saying absolutely mm -hmm. um but yeah I I like to say this thing because this is something that is often said in the within the autistic community is that if you've met one person with autism you've met one person with autism because every single case is different mm. every single person is different interesting and like with the spectrum it's more of like it's not like a linear mm -hmm. spectrum okay it's kind of similar to like gender and sexuality where it's like everyone has like a little bit of this within that community. So like with autism, there's uh, sensory issues, communication, um, social aspects, and then like behavior, like motor movement. And so within those categories, that's where the spectrum lies. So like for me, um, I have like a harder time on social aspects, but I can still communicate. I can still talk. I can still, uh, I still have like motor functions and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I do like tend to have like really hard issues with like keeping friends and like relating to people. Um, and yeah, it's just something to like deal with. And I think um, one of the like models that people like talk about is that, for a lot of people, like, autism is only a struggle when other people make it so. So, you know, like, being disabled isn't really disabling unless you live in a world that doesn't cater to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you can very much understand that. Mm -hmm. um, like, for me, like, I feel like me being neurodivergent is a reason why I am a stripper and a performer is mm -hmm. um, I can't do like school. Like I have mm -hmm. a very, very hard time with it. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried and tried and tried, but like whenever I'm doing something that I don't like, it's like my brain literally shuts down. I can't mm -hmm. intake in information like math. Nope. <laughs> I feel similarly I, yeah. about math. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like for me, like it's not just a, you got to push through and get through school to get your degree. It's so stressful. It's so debilitating for me to go through school that it's just like, 
there's no point, especially when I figured out, like, I'm a performer. I'm a very, Mm -hmm. like, go, go, go. I got to do this. I got to, I have to, like, be physically active and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, stripping and dancing is just, like, perfect for me, you know? Yes, (laughs) I love it. And it looks like you do a lot of it, too. So, yes, I was stalking you on Instagram today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're constantly pole dancing it looks like you're always on the pole yeah. or the lira or the lira yeah i i try um for me yeah it's like if i like i need a regular ish routine it's like with adhd routines can be very difficult but without a routine then autism is very difficult so i have oh, having both is like they kind of battle each other sometimes yeah. it's it's really annoying so I need a routine, but not too strict that it feels confining. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically I just, I need to go to the studio. I need to have like somewhere to go, somewhere to be something to do at least like a few times a week to feel mm-hmm. somewhat normal. Mm-hmm. And so like, for me, that's like what helps a lot. And then on top of that teaching, I have to teach choreography and it takes me a while to do choreography. So I'll, that's another reason for me to go to the studio. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, it just helps me a lot to dance and then it's my work. So it's like, okay, perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did you start polling before stripping? I did. Um, yeah, I started pole dancing like six months, maybe less than six months before I started stripping. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I started stripping to like pay for my pole classes and then (laughs) I stopped taking pole classes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I've not heard yeah. that yet. <laughs> I was stripping to um, support my pole habit. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was working at Starbucks, and minimum wage in the Bay Area does not go very far. Minimum, yeah. minimum wage anywhere does not go any far. I know. Yeah. Um, so I noticed too that. So you've been stripping for two and a half years. Was that was that two and a half years that you were in the club before the pandemic, or are you including 2020 in the two and a half years? I'm including 2020 because I've been like dancing on and off. I've been doing virtual shows and I've been like working yes. um, kind of on the low yeah. uh, events and stuff like that, invite only. So like I've been still working as much as I can, as much as possible um, during the pandemic. So I'm just like, I'm still, I'm continuing it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I saw you did a show called Forbidden Circus. I haven't heard of that one yet. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's pretty new. Um, So it's put on by Spooky Spice, uh, River Dawn. You know, she's, uh, I don't know if you know her, but her, Instagram name is all spelled with the letters and numbers and stuff. So it's, yeah. I can't really it. remember how it goes. I've definitely seen it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I'll tat uh-huh. it up. Super mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. So she's put on a virtual show for predominantly for strippers and sex workers, but you know, other performers welcome as well, queer performers, et cetera, anyone mm-hmm. really. Um, but it's mostly for sex workers and strippers to perform. And so it's like, um, showcase your talents kind of thing which is really cool um so like we've had people who you know they do like their singing they will do like 
perform a song, like they'll rap or something or awesome. Um, who was it? Uh, Juicy Josie. Oh yeah. Uh, she uh, did a fire show and of course, hula yes. hooping. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So it's only, we've only done two shows and I think the next show is going to be on the, like a new moon, maybe in May. Okay. But yeah, it's fairly new, but it was fun. It's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. I want to check that one out for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And so like, what's it like? Cause I, I did this for a while. I was a polar and a stripper and I was like in both communities What's that like for you now when, like, I feel like in the last two years specifically, it's been, I don't want to say a clash, but, like, there's just been more conversation around the appropriation of sex work and strippers by pole dancers. Like, what's that been like for you be as a, you know, a younger, a baby stripper being in both kind of realms? It's really strange because like for me, a lot of things like I, I feel like I've changed so much because of the pandemic. Um, I'm a lot more easily triggered now. (laughs) Like I, I think you understand that it's like, yeah, there's just, I feel like I'm constantly like on the lookout, you know, waiting for someone to say some bullshit, waiting for something to happen, you know? And it's just like, I'm trying to like get myself to chill and relax and be like, okay, not everyone's, <laughs> not everyone's against you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, it can be tough sometimes to like, you know, be in a bad mood. Cause you know, I'm out of work. I want to dance. I want to make money. And then seeing like pole hobbyists living their best life right now. And then not talking at all about what's going on with sex workers, which there's a lot going on between online sex work being constantly attacked and online like just people online trying to just advertise you know whether it be like strippers cam girls porn stars etc we're all being attacked online and then on top of it you've got like other parts of the world like in bristol where they're trying to get rid of strip clubs completely you know and it's just it's it's really It really sucks, you know, Mm -hmm. to see these people who are using an art form created by sex workers. They're living their best, ultimate, amazing life. And, you know, like, they're, like, silent. And it's almost like they don't care. And I I know it's not that they don't care, but their lives are obviously more important to them. Mm -hmm. You know, which, it makes sense. I get, you know, you're going to do what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. What's best for you. And what, mm-hmm. if what's best for you is making money on the poll, then I guess fine. But you can at least, you know, speak out, give a platform, you know, constantly oh, yeah. be posting information about what's going on, about what we're dealing with. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's been like hard, but one one nice thing is that like I will get like some of my coworkers from the pole studio or some like people some of my students or pole friends um they'll like ask me questions or like try and actually learn from me and be properly informed and educated they'll actually do the work and be like hey I don't understand this like 
how does this make sense? Can you let me know? And I'll tell them like, Hey, yeah, this is why this is appropriative, or this is why you shouldn't say this, you know? Right. And so they're actually coming to me and being like, Hey, I don't really understand this. I want to know. I want to understand, you know, yeah. and like coming from a place of actually wanting to be educated. That's nice. So that's nice. That's very cool. Yeah. I was teaching a, a few ladies in my house uh, pole dance lessons when, um, you know, the with the cases slowed down. So I'm just trying to let everyone know I wasn't just mm-hmm. having people over my house, um, but I was, and they were all production ladies, and so they all got tested like three times a week. Anyways, we were safe, everyone, okay. um, and they were. <laughs> so I was giving them lessons, and after the lesson, I would sit them down, and we would also have like a stripper history lesson as well, which was the first time that I had started implementing that like very directly, you know, um, Mm -hmm. because of everything that's been going on. And, and that wasn't really an option to do as much in the studio because you're like working under somebody else's roof, you know, um, to like sit people down for 10 minutes and give them a history lesson. Isn't part of the, curriculum, you know, so it felt really good to be able to do that. And I'm glad that people feel like they can come to you and ask you. I think that's really healthy. That's nice. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, The the really nice thing about like where I work, the studio I work at is like, it's um, woman owned, POC owned. um, And the owner, she is super amazing, super sweet, um, always super respectful and like, I feel like, because before as a teacher, like as an instructor, I feel like I've been fetishized before as a stripper and like, she, you know, never did that. Never once made me feel fetishized or like judged, you know, for what mm-hmm. I do. And so right. it's nice because she'll get uh, students in her class who are strippers and she'll recommend them to me and they'll get super excited because they'll find out that a stripper works at the pole studio and that pole studio is not ashamed of it, you know? Yeah. And so like, she'll tell people like, Oh, if you want to take this class, this heels class is great. It's taught by a stripper. Amazing. She's amazing. You know? So she'll like talk me up and tell people that I'm a stripper and that, you know, cause I've, I've put it out there. I'm out and she knows. Okay. I, yeah perfectly fine with people telling saying yeah. that I'm a stripper because and I do use my stage name at the studio mm-hmm. for you know extra safety measures but like yeah so it's nice to like work somewhere that's very pro stripper and you know they don't fetishize me because there's a lot yeah. of places that are pro stripper but then they fetishize strippers and totally. appropriate you know yeah totally I have heard those stories yeah yeah Um, so I kind of want to go there a little bit about appropriating stripper culture. So you inspired me to watch and do a review of Strip Down, Rise Up. I mean, that was all you. You inspired me. So, (laughs) and it was painful to watch. So painful. Um, but what, what I found out by looking at your account was one of the things that came out of you doing that, and I don't know how this all culminated for you, but you ended up being in a BuzzFeed article mm-hmm. talking yeah. about it. Can you tell us, like, how all that kind of happened? Yeah. Um, so I was kind of <laughs> – I was live tweeting watching the, move, watching the documentary. Um, 
And I was like, oh, I'm like five minutes in and they're already like kind of talking down on strippers. I hate this already. It's bullshit. I don't know how this could get any better. Yeah. And um, I started getting some people replying to me and being like, oh my God, yeah, I feel the same way about the movie, but the documentary yeah. kind of sucks. I wish they actually like gave strippers more of a platform on there. Um, and there were like tons of people like, the one person was even like, yes, thank you. I was looking for a negative review. Everyone was too positive about this shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, that got like quite a few like likes and retweets. And then someone from BuzzFeed was like, hey, I'm uh, looking to interview people about how they feel about this new documentary. I was looking through Twitter, um, the strip down rise up hashtag and the uh, whatever. So it shows up anything that says strip down rise up. Mm-hmm. and so she found my tweet and wanted to hear my opinion and so I was like yeah totally yeah um then we scheduled like a little zoom meeting like this and uh yeah she asked me a few questions and then like I gave my opinion on the documentary but it was really it was really nice it was a cool experience good. um she was super respectful the good, person good. from BuzzFeed um but yeah all in all it was good experience definitely okay. um yeah, it was interesting, though, because, like, I know in the article, they interviewed um, the director and then also, I think, Amy Sunshine, Amy Bond, the, mm-hmm. the SF pole and dance mm-hmm. owner. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting that they, like, they gave them a platform, too, even though they already had a platform. But uh, yeah, got to tell both sides of the story, I guess. You know? <laughs> but it was yeah. a good uh, experience, though. That's awesome. Yeah. And just to give everyone like full context, we're talking about the Strip Down Rise Up documentary that's on Netflix that is about Sheila Kelly and the S Factor. And yeah, yeah, it was um, very painful to get through. And I did notice that, you know, there were some people who were like, this is so great. And I was like, even, okay, like, let's just put aside strippers. Because that all was very problematic, how you dealt with strippers mm-hmm. and spoke about sex work. But it also was really offensive to the pole dance community. And like, okay, well, we're not therapists. And I, I got concerned that there would be an influx of people signing up for pole dancing because, um, I mean, we're all extra distraught and dealing with extra anxiety. So it would be like the perfect place to go and cry about your anxiety. And I'm, I was just so worried that um, people would just be coming to poll for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And also, I feel like it would push people away and like scare some people away. You think, well, it's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to learn how to do some tricks or something, you that know? Too. Yes. That's an excellent point. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad though that you had a good experience with the media because, uh, but it also helps that you were speaking to a woman that. Yeah, that helps. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't often speak to men. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, a lot of times the media just, they get they get it wrong. So I'm I'm really glad that you had a good experience. Was that your first time being in the media and speaking on um, subjects? Yeah, I, I yeah, pretty much. Like awesome. I I used to do theater and stuff, so I I've done like interviews before and stuff, but yes. it's all for uh, promotion stuff. So it was my first time actually at being asked for my opinion, which is like yes, 
you want my opinion? Let me like vomit on you. <laughs> yes. I love that. I think it's great that they gave um, strippers a platform. So thank you for doing that for our community. That's mm -hmm. very needed. Yeah, of course. Um, so you mentioned that you were in theater and I definitely have that in my notes to talk about. So do you feel like you like theater just helped you naturally transition into like doing pole and stripping? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the first shows I ever did after like getting out of high school and not doing like school theater was Rocky Horror. Oh, and so um, if you've seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it was based off of the live uh, Rocky Horror Show. Mm. Um, and so I did the Rocky Horror Show and at like one of the local theaters and I had to be in lingerie like for like half of the show. Yeah. And I was like, 18 and it was like my first time ever doing like any sort of like sexy performances and stuff because like the last show I had done I played a pig <laughs> um <laughs> the I was in Shrek the musical before I okay, did Rocky okay, Horror thank you, <laughs> thank you yeah, for the context. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Shrek the musical to Rocky yeah. Horror it was a big transition <laughs> yeah and then um my parents actually, my family came to see me on that show and they sat at the front row and it was, it was so great because the, um, choreographer sat them in the front row and they sat them right where I have to sit, where I had to sit and like open my legs and my lingerie. Oh. And then someone had to come between my legs and dance in between my legs. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, kind of my first taste of that like sexual performance yeah. and you know like it was great it was fun um and then like after that I would always get kind of typecast as a slut sometimes and so uh -huh. I would either be cast as like the sassy side character or lead yeah. or the slut character yeah I mean, and that's so the best character you know honestly, in my opinion yeah <laughs> right my last show I ever did was Avenue Q I don't know if you know that one I don't know that um it is basically Sesame Street for adults. Mm. Um, if you saw like the Happy Time Murder movie, it was like a puppet, but for adults. It was kind of like that, but okay. that was the original. Avenue okay. Q is the original. <laughs> but um, the character I played was called Lucy the Slut, and she was a pink puppet yes. with big old boobs, like yeah. huge, huge titties. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so fun and so great, just like. So, like, I already had tapped into that, you know, sexual side of me. I was, like, completely fine with going on stage and being in front of an audience in lingerie and yeah. in risque clothing and acting sexual and all that. And so, for me, like, when I took my pole classes, I was like, oh, pole classes. Pole classes are nothing. You know, I'm not right. scared of taking a pole class. Right. Um, and then I was just like, this is fun. I need to... <laughs> I need to get into this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that summer I started stripping and I liked it a lot more than I anticipated, which I don't know why, like I thought that I wouldn't like it, but yeah, it was just like, every time people ask me, was it hard to audition? Was it scary to audition? It was like, I ha got to audition without having to sing a song or give lines that was easy as shit, you know? Yeah, totally. Especially like with, yeah, with your background in theater and you've already learned how to pole dance. Like, yes. Amazing. Dang. I wish I had that set up. 
I <laughs> I was like, oh, let's wing it. I have no idea what I'm doing. It was bad. So I bet yours was pretty good. It wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um I definitely I ran into a poll. <laughs> My audition. Um, but it was good. Like yeah. I'm I think I like I made money on yeah. my audition Tight. you know there were customers there and they all tipped me p- yeah. pretty good so good. um yeah it was it was a great experience but yeah it's just it's very interesting because it's like for me I've always wanted to be a performer but performing was so anxiety inducing like singing yeah. songs and like acting remembering lines and like I could mm. do it I've done Shakespeare I've had I was in a play where I had to learn over 200 lines like I had Yikes. a whole page of that like a monologue you know like two page monologue so I can do it it's just right it's just hard and so stressful yeah so to find a way that I could perform and not have all of that pressure on me was just Mm -hmm. the best thing that could ever happen to me honestly yeah oh I'm so glad I'm so glad that you found that for yourself and I can't wait for clubs to open back up yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm not there anymore, so I'm not paying attention to what's going on. But it's California. You mentioned San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm that you already mentioned it and that I'm not mentioning it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So do, is there any talk of when they're going to open back up? So I live in the South Bay area, which is like an hour or so from San Francisco. Um, so none of the clubs here are open, but all of the clubs in San Francisco are open, like hmm. all of them. Um, hmm. They're open weird though. Like apparently there's no stage. And like, so one of the clubs, uh, which is Crazy Horse, hmm. I think they're only doing like a private stage show like private stage show so like I think there's like a private stage upstairs Mm -hmm. so they're only doing like a one-on-one private stage shows and then the other clubs like the hustler clubs gold club all that um I think they're just doing lap dances and so there's no stage but there's lap dances i don't know that like that sounds like kind of backwards i don't know like i right? guess you would dances, think stage would be more safe it but would guess, but um, the lap dances is what makes the money so we have to remember okay duh, of course it's not backwards i just my brain skipped a beat when i said that but i'm like of course no they need the dancers to do the lap dances to make the money to pay the club to keep the thing open of course okay mm-hmm. yeah well, what doesn't talk- make sense is that the city is like saying, well, lap dances are okay, but the stage isn't You're like, when well, does that make sense? Like, just let it, let them be. We, um, yeah. But, we could talk like an hour, another hour on all of that shit for real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, none of the clubs in my area are open. Like my home club is still closed. Okay. Um, the club that I was working on, like on and off this past year is closed. Um, and so, yeah, like, there's nothing open. I know like Oakland, there'll be like random, there'll be like events and stuff, you know, Okay. but well, nothing really. I'll pray to the universe that it opens for you and all of our siblings out there that need to go back to work. So yes, hopefully we'll hopefully. see. So I, I know that yeah. I think, sorry. No, um, I think that the like vaccines are going to be coming out soon, like for everyone in California. So I'm hoping okay. just, 
Well, that will be exciting. I hope that, yeah. Good luck to everyone with your vaccines. Hopefully they work and we don't need another one in six months. Yeah. Right. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. So my stripper tip, my tip to uh, strippers, performers, sex workers, anyone who really makes a living off of themselves. Um, My tip to you is to just do you, be you, be authentic. Like, unless you're an asshole, be authentic, be yourself. Because people love authenticity. And even if some people don't like who you are, there's always going to be people who will like you. And so there's always a market Mm. for you, basically. Um, You just got to find it. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. If you could travel to one of the planets, which one would you go to? Mars. I'm an Aries. <laughs> okay. Mars is probably the safest one for us to go to. So this is really probably. Good yeah. Yeah. I, think so. I feel like I would like to set up the pole on Mars, like my stage pole on Mars. Yeah. And do like, oh, that would be crazy. That would be great. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yes. Next question. If you were a drink, what drink would you be? Hmm. A Mexican mule. All right. So it's like a Moscow mule, but with tequila. Yes, definitely. I know exactly what <laughs> Extra that is. lime juice. Yeah. Extra lime. I love tequila. Lock is gross. If there right. was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow, what would be the first thing you would do? I would take my boyfriend and my cats and go to the beach. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm just like wondering how that's going to play out for you on the beach. That's all. I don't know. I I feel like I'm just going to. I'm going to go to the beach and I'll find, I'll find a boat. Yeah. I'll, I'll sail there away. There it is. There it is. That's good. Last one. If you could have a magical power, what power would you choose to have? Oh, goodness. Hmm. Probably like super strength. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always had like noodle arms okay. until I started pole dancing mm-hmm. and even now. Like, I can't do a push-up or a pull-up that well. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm still not that very strong, even though I You'll can do there. a lot on the pole. You'll yeah, get there. But yes. I think super strength. Because I, I would want to, like, I feel like there are people who, um, there is this, so I did Much Ado About Nothing in okay. uh, college. Uh, Shakespeare. Do you know that one? Yeah. I mean, I've heard yeah. of it, but I'm not Shakespeare, like, educated Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um so I played the lead Beatrice okay Um, she's like sassy big character um and one of the lines when she's really angry is she's asking the other lead Benedict you know um she's asking him to like fight this guy for her yeah and she's like if you really love me you'd fight him and then she says if I were a man I would eat his heart in the marketplace and so I would want super strength because I think there's a lot of men Mm -hmm. that if I were a man I would like to beat their ass (laughs) yes so yeah I I feel that line very much you know if I were a man I would eat his heart in the marketplace okay basically I wish I had the strength 
Yeah, well, now I want to watch this Shakespeare play because of that. It's that great. sounds amazing. Okay. There's I'm a few movies. Try that one in. Yeah, I've, I've heard of the movies and stuff. Yes. Okay, cool. Wow, that was great. And I just thank you so much for sharing so authentically and, and all of the things. I, I wasn't expecting some of the road that we went down. And I'm just like so grateful to learn more about you. And I'm honored that you felt comfortable enough to talk about you know, your autism and coming out and that I just am so honored. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I'm, yeah, I feel great. Thank you for, you know, creating this space. You're welcome. Is, would you like to tell everyone where to find you and how, where to follow you, etc.? Yeah. So, um, I am on Instagram at April Hayes 14. Um, I also, um, I don't know, am I allowed to say it? The, you could say whatever you want okay i have an only fans um also at april hayes 14 um it's all stripper content Mm -hmm. so there are um sexy nudes etc performances stuff like that um and uh, i have a twitter and tiktok those ones are april hayes 114 because my original accounts were deleted Mm. (laughs) um sorry yeah All of my backups are April Hayes 114, by the way. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much again. And I am just so, so happy to have had you. And thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. And one last reminder, we are accepting listener donations so that we can pay your host and potentially new hosts and guests uh, who have been out of work during the pandemic. So to make those donations, you can go to, yes, a stripperpodcast.com, our brand new website that I just built last week. Yay. Um, thanks again, April. And thanks again, audience. And we will be in your earbuds next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com. <laughs>